You're listening to Stream Wars, your source for everything there is to know about the global live streaming industry. Here we'll share insights and trends gleaned from interviews with top streamers, experts, and industry professionals. And now your host, VP of live streaming at The Meat Group and former professional live streamer, Lauren Hallinan. everyone, and welcome back to another episode of Stream Wars. Today, my guest is Peter Young, Senior Product Manager at Twitch. Peter has been in the Western live streaming industry for more than four years, starting out at Facebook, working on Facebook Live, then jumping over to Twitter, where he helped develop Periscope after Twitter had acquired it. Then, most recently, he's joined Twitch, where he works specifically to develop tools for streamers, or creators as he calls them, to improve their streaming experience, help them grow their followings, and to monetize better. We start out our conversation talking about some of Peter's opinions on the Western live streaming industry, its differences with China, the potential for the audio-only live streaming vertical, and the future of the Twitch IRL category. Then we dive into his role at Twitch and discuss some of the specific products that he has worked on, including raids, achievements, and squad streaming. There are a couple terms that Peter uses quite a bit that you may not be familiar with if you're not a Twitch user. The first one is IRL, which stands for In Real Life. Video game live streaming is the main type of streaming content on Twitch, and anything outside of that, such as um, painting, dancing, a talk show, etc., is referred to as IRL content. The second is subs, which simply is an abbreviation for subscriptions. As we discuss in the interview, subscriptions are one of the ways that Twitch streamers can monetize their streams. Viewers are able to pay a small fee to subscribe to a Twitch streamer's channel. This unlocks special privileges for them, and the streamer earns money from each subscription. The last word we I should mention is emotes, which are essentially emojis, stickers, and GIFs used in the Twitch viewer chats. As Peter explains in the interview, the vast majority of Twitch emotes are what's known as subscription emotes. Fans of a particular broadcaster can unlock a bespoke set of emotes when they subscribe to that particular broadcaster. And broadcasters earn the ability to have a greater number of their own emotes by racking up more subscribers. Hopefully that'll help explain things, but we do go over what these words mean um, during the interview as well. Before we get started, a quick reminder that if you are enjoying this podcast, please head over to iTunes and leave us a rating and review. And now, without further ado, here is my interview with Peter Young. Hi, Peter. Welcome to the Stream Wars podcast. I'm really excited to have you here today and and learn about your experiences with live streaming. Thanks, Laura. I'm really glad to be here. So why don't you um, kick things off by just introducing yourself and sharing a bit about your current role at Twitch and and what you do? Yeah, so um, I am a, a senior product manager at Twitch. 
And Twitch, you know, as you probably know, is, is like a game live streaming company. Uh, I've been working in the live streaming industry for the past, I would say, four years or so. I started working on it when I was back at Facebook. I was part of the original team that started working on Facebook Live. Uh, then I moved to Twitter and to Periscope to kind of work on the integration of the Periscope app into the larger Twitter app. And then I moved to Twitch. And at Twitch, I'm currently working on the creator side. So I work on a team called Creator Experience. And our goal is to kind of help our broadcasters grow on our platform, right? Grow, grow and uh, earn a living on our platform. So a lot of that is like um, giving them like streaming tools, giving them analytics. And I think Twitch is pretty unique in that a lot of our broadcasters uh, kind of collaborate and form communities with each other. So like trying to build tools that encourage that kind of behavior. Mm, that's yeah, that's really interesting. And I, um, I definitely want to go back to that later on. Um, particularly cause with, with my history as a streamer, um, I think it's, it's really cool that you guys are doing that because I think not enough platforms, especially in, in, in China, which is where I have a lot of experience. Um, you know, a lot of those platforms don't, don't provide a lot of tools for the streamers on the back end. So, um, I definitely yeah. want to go back to that later, but, um, uh, I want to start off by, you know, what is your outlook on the Western live streaming industry? Because um, I know you have an understanding of the Chinese live streaming industry, and then you've been in the Western live streaming industry for, like you just said, for four years now. So what, do you, what are your thoughts on the Western live streaming industry? Um, is it still in its early stages? Or do you think it'll ever become as mainstream as it did in China? What, what are your thoughts? Yeah, so I, I feel like um, in some ways it's early stages, in some ways it's not. So I, I feel like, for example, the, the game streaming category is pretty established by, by Twitch. And there's a lot of like large competitors in the space from Facebook to Mixer to these other competitors. And um, I think that space is like growing nicely. Uh, you know, people like Ninja are getting really popular, are kind of bringing kind of game live streaming mainstream, right? Uh, on the other hand, I feel like the IRL space uh, here has been pretty nascent. There isn't really anyone going after the IRL space or encouraging IRL stream streamers. Twitch has a IRL category, uh, but it's definitely less popular than like the game the gaming space, right? So I'm not sure why is IRL is less popular here, but it, it just feels like uh, either that's nascent or maybe there's not a market for IRL in the West. Yeah, well, I mean, um, like our platforms, uh, like the com um, the meet group platforms are are kind are growing in that space. Um, they're a little bit more like Momo, um, if you're familiar with Momo and how they combine like dating and live streaming. Um, yeah. And then, uh, you know, there's Live Me um, that seems to be pretty well known. But um, yes. yeah, I agree in in, in the sense that like compared to China's like IRL uh, industry, it's, it's still very small. Um, why do you think, do you think that the IRL category on Twitch will become bigger or do you think that's still pretty slow to, to grow and, and gaming will still continue to be the main category? Um, I think uh, gaming will probably be the main category for at least the next few years, but Twitch is starting to invest in other categories. So like IRL uh, re recently we split, the IRL category from like just IRL to like different categories like music and you know different verticals. 
So I, I think it's about figuring out which verticals we should invest in next. Um, for example, Twitch uh, is, is launching a new new app called Twitch Sings at some point, and, and that's all about like karaoke. <laughs> so you know, slowly expanding these, these kind of adjacent verticals and kind of growing the IRL category that way. I would say IRL right now hasn't truly taken off on Twitch because the majority of the browse and the nav and the search on the site is still focused around games. Uh, it's, it's not really known as a destination for IRL content yet, right? But I think that will come with time. Mm. Yeah. So what what do you think um, are some other companies that um, are growing in the, in the Western live streaming space or, or you think have some interesting things going on? Um, so as I mentioned, there's a lot of uh, other companies going after the game streaming space. There, uh, Microsoft owns this company called Mixer. Uh, and since, since Microsoft also owns Xbox, uh, there's potential for, for them to grow there. Um, there's, also, there's also like um, even like the platforms like Valve and Steam are starting to think about live streaming. And Facebook has kind of gone on a pretty interesting journey from uh, they first started focusing on news publishers and getting them to make shows, and that didn't work too well. And then they tried to get people to stream with their friends, and that didn't work too well. So now they're also kind of aggressively going after the gaming space. Um, so it remains to be seen what happens there, but uh, you know they have a huge audience, right? And, and YouTube, uh, I, I think, is also starting to see the competition in the gaming space and is starting to get more serious about YouTube gaming. Uh, and uh, that's another player that has, just has a massive audience. So if they can kind of get uh, people to start watching live streams on there, I think that could have a huge impact. Mm. Yeah, I mean, I'm I'm curious um, with f- Facebook Live um, and like YouTube Live. You know, you were just mentioning that kind of the gaming segment seems to be growing. Um, I mean. Why do you think that uh, since since uh, why do you think that like the IRL space on like Facebook Live, Instagram Live, Periscope, you, um, YouTube, um, you know they're they're there, but I don't think they're they're really thriving or, or um, growing as rapidly as some people thought they might. What what are your thoughts on that? <laughs> um, so I think part of the reason so IRL uh, has grown a lot in China. I think my understanding is it's it's a lot of like younger people, right? Like people people who are young and beautiful, and and people who like to watch them kind of talk and stuff, right? And I think the the creators in that segment are either I don't know. I feel like they're either making YouTube videos or like they're making like Instagram stories or they're going after different video formats. They're not really focused on live, and these platforms haven't invested in kind of like ways for them to monetize through live stream. So there's really no reason for them to start doing live live streaming. You know what I mean? Like they, they they might as well just go get like brand sponsorships and make like sponsor stories or something. They can mm. make more money that way. Right, yeah. because the because the all those channels haven't incorporated any type of um virtual gifting into yes. or or subscriptions like you guys have at Twitch um into mm. it. So it's yeah, it's like there's not as much incentive to to live stream um consistently or you know maybe live streaming is just kind of used as a supplementary thing um if they're at some like cool event or something that they that they feel is worth streaming about. Um yeah, it, it kind of feels like a yeah, especially for these other platforms, it feels like a supplementary format rather than the primary format. 
Why do you think they haven't incorporated virtual gifting? Um, I'm just curious. <gasps> why do you think that they haven't done that? Um, so I so let, let me talk about Twitch first. So Twitch does have kind of a virtual gifting thing called Bits. Mm. Um, but I think um, uh, virtual gifts are a lot a lot less reliable as an income source than subscriptions, right? So I, I think one of Twitch's best innovations is actually subscriptions. I'm, I'm, I'm not sure if the Chinese live streaming apps have subscriptions, but if, if I subscribe to a streamer for, like, I don't know, five ninety nine or twenty four ninety nine, then that's kind of a recurring income source that the streamer can rely on versus like uh, virtual gifts and, and bits that kind of come and go, right? You, you can't really, unless you're extremely popular, you can't really become full-time and rely on an income source that's kind of like not super reliable. So so Twitch is definitely uh, very focused on, I mean, Twitch is focused on growing both subscriptions and bits and also ads. And these other platforms, I think their primary ad base, like Facebook's entire model is around ads. So I think there's just a natural bias towards investing more ad monetizing product products rather than like virtual gifts and these other formats. Uh, I think they started doing some virtual gifts with like, I think there's like stars in Facebook Live or something. But, uh, you know, the, the whole company is like trying to monetize around ads, right? So it's kind of hard to pivot the entire company and focus only on virtual goods. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. They, I, th- I think it's it's a little bit similar to um, like in China with, um, with Douyin, um, which yeah. is known as TikTok in the U.S. But Douyin also has, has live streaming um, and they do have virtual gifting. But it just seems like from what I understand that Douyin's not very focused on expanding the live streaming part of mm. of Douyin, um, that they're more focused on the video product because they're more focused on ads. So to them, yeah. it just seems like that they, they really understand how to generate ad revenue. So they're just going to focus more on that than trying to expand the the virtual gifting um, revenue. So I, I it sounds like it's kind of a similar thing with Facebook. It's like, we know how to do ads. Let's stick with what we know how to do. And, uh, and, and not try, you know, not spend too much time exploring this other revenue stream that might, might not work out. <laughs> yeah. And I think, uh, the viewers also potentially have less appetite for just like things popping up on the screen all the time. Uh, you know, sports cars <laughs> and diamonds and stuff. It, it feels a little bit, they, they, they haven't become used to that kind of model. So it's not like in China where like, you know, that's just the way it is. Right. So the, the viewers prefer to have a kind of clean stream that they can watch without a bunch of stuff popping up on, on the screen all the time. Mm. Yeah. Um, yeah, I could see that. I think I think if, if if they're kind of if they see it enough, then they get used to it. Um, because our platforms um, at the Meet Group have uh, virtual gifts that fly across the screen, and and users love it. So maybe it just takes a little bit of getting used to. Yeah, I think it's a little bit of getting used to. Yeah. Um, so, uh, you were, you mentioned before with, um, the Twitch and the, um, IRL category that, um, that they were, that you're kind of exploring different, uh, different segments, what, you know, whether it's singing or this or that. And so I'm curious, um, what do you think are going to be those kind of biggest opportunities in live streaming, beyond video games do you think it will be the singing category do you think like what what kind of irl content do you think might um have have the best um opportunity <clears throat> um 
I think uh, this is just based on my personal experience. <clears throat> so I think um, singing is definitely one category. I think some categories are pretty unique. For, for example, when I was working at Twitter, uh, a lot of our streamers were like actually like uh, priests or <laughs> people in, in church. And then they would like every weekend, they would give like a ser- sermon and a lot of people would tune in to, it's, it's kind of like going to church virtually. Um, that's like another category. And then some people just have like really interesting personalities. So they have these talk shows. Uh, you don't even need to have like video for these talk shows. It can just be like audio only. Um, they can just talk about current events. They can rant, rant about politics or something and then people will watch, right? It's kind of just like getting together around the water cooler and talking about whatever the current news is. Um, another category I would say is interesting. It's not really s- s- sustainable, but it's, it's kind of what life's meant for, which is like just breaking news events. Uh, especially on Twitter, which is like a platform that's all about, you know, being live and being the moment. Uh, I'm surprised they haven't, you know, kind of gone aggressively after letting people live stream kind of breaking news and crazy stuff happening around the world. I think that'll be really interesting. Uh, yeah, those are some categories that I have mm. in mind. That the your um, mention of kind of the the fact that some of the streams don't need to have video; they could be audio. Um, leads me to another question that I that I had had because um audio only live streaming is actually um growing on a lot of uh, Chinese platforms. They're starting to offer yeah. uh they call it you know kind of like a radio channel um you know where people can choose to do audio only streaming. Um, and some of the podcast apps have, have started integrating it as well. Um, so do you think that this kind of audio only stream would, would do well in the Western market? Do you think maybe that people are just not, some people are not as willing to do video or video is just not necessary. The audio might do better. Yeah, I think it'll actually do very well because a lot of people in the West, and I'm sure in China spend time commuting, right? And, and when you're commuting, you really don't need. Uh, video and, and also it's good for a platform because video is very expensive and audio is not so I, I feel like it's just kind of an untapped opportunity people haven't gone after it uh, but I think these kind of talk shows and stuff that's audio only will do very well here mm. yeah, yeah that's that's interesting because I, th- I, I think that personally as you know I, I know that there's a lot of people that just feel uncomfortable maybe streaming because they just don't like the video aspect of it. But if it was audio that they would be, that they'd be willing to do it. I mean, there's a ton of people who have podcasts, right? So um, it's, it's just kind of like a live version of podcasting. It's it's just like, you know, being able to have your own radio channel essentially. Um, Yeah. So I feel like there would be a lot of people that, um, that would be interested in, in it. Um, but it yeah, does yeah. it does take away a little bit though. I mean, with the live streaming, just being able to see somebody's uh, expression <clears throat> and everything um, does kind of make you feel a little bit closer to them. Just like being able to see their reactions and and everything. Yeah, we need. I mean, if if a kind of like a live streaming company, because you're right, it's, it's very similar to podcasts, and podcasts are very popular here, right? So you need to think about like how how can you make it interactive. If it's audio only, like are people still reading the chat or is there some other way to interact? Mm. Yeah. 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 That's a good point. Um, 
Hmm. I'm, yeah, I'm interested to see if that category, if that'll end up end up growing. Um, another um, another category that I've seen on some Chinese uh, live streaming apps is the ability to do um, like a one on one stream. Um, like streamers can uh, set a schedule so that uh, people can kind of send a gift and then be able to have a one on one stream with the streamer for like a limited amount of time um do you think that's something that would ever show up on on twitch or work in in western markets or do you think it's just not not a product that would fit uh when you say one one is it's basically like a private stream is yeah that- yeah it's almost like facetiming uh so is is it still possible for any random viewer to watch, or is no? It's, it's just completely private. Mm-hmm, it's just completely private, but it like it's a, there's like a you know some kind of uh, virtual <coughs> gift fee in order to have this this one on one stream, okay. and it's kind of a way that a, a viewer could um, have an opportunity to uh, get one on one attention with the the streamer um, as opposed to you know the one to many that they're that yeah. they usually uh, have. I mean, yeah, that feels like a really nice way to kind of reward your most loyal view- viewers and help the streamer kind of like make more money. Money. My my concern with that would be um, like it's a lot harder to regulate what the streamer is actually streaming. Like they could be streaming copyright content or like some scandalous content. <laughs> it's, it's hard for us to. It's harder for the platform to know unless you can watch it some somehow, right? So I, I imagine. Actually, I imagine. Uh, China will be even more concerned with that because they're a lot. The government is a lot more strict on, on that kind of stuff. So I'm I'm curious how the Chinese companies get around that. Yeah, I mean, I think I think that they still probably have somebody internally, uh, or or they're using, um, you know machine learning like ai or something to to monitor it you know i think it's just not open yeah. to to the public per se but i'm i would guess yeah in china i would guess that there's somebody from the company um monitoring it because they're they're pretty strict with with content over there yeah yeah i i think we, we try it's kind of a funny story we try to do um like image recognition too um at, at twitter and you know it was trying to identify like nude colors and stuff. And it was like when people are trying to stream their pets, it's just down the stream. So it's, it's not, it's not per- perfect, but yeah, there's definitely a way to do it through AI too. <laughs> That's yeah. kind of funny. Very funny. Yeah. Um, so, uh, I, I want to switch a little bit now and, and talk, um, specifically about, about your role at Twitch and some of the some of the things that you've been working on um, and and creating, I um, I I think I saw maybe a month or two ago. Um, I think you were part of the uh, the squad streaming. It's a new a new feature that's. Is it out already on on Twitch or is it just in in beta? Um, I, I believe you were involved with that. So w- could you share a bit more about that and how how that's going? Sure. Yeah. So we haven't launched it yet. It's still in beta, but um, it goes, it goes back to kind of how Twitch is kind of unique in that, you know, it's all about the community. Uh, A lot of the streamers on Twitch don't see each other as competition. They kind of collaborate with each other and send viewers to each other. Right. So we want to give them an easy way to, uh, you know, play a game together and have viewers watch them all at once. And hopefully these viewers would discover 
you know, all the streamer channel, they would follow, they would subscribe, they would um, discover the streamers that, you know, <laughs> uh, they, they, would, they would help discover the streamers' friends, right? So that, that, that's kind of the goal of the product. Um, yeah, so it's, it's been going pretty well. We've been doing a couple of tests. We just did a test yesterday. And uh, it, it brings me a lot of joy to see the streamers and the viewers kind of reacting in a very positive way. Uh, yeah, yesterday night, people were kind of, there was like people following each other all, all the time. There was viewers send, sending like these mass gifted subs to uh, every single, there was like four streamers streaming together and they were sending uh, these gifted subs to all the streamers. So it's definitely a nice kind of way to bring people's communities together. Um, the challenge with that product right now is really understanding how it kind of impacts the platform. So for example, instead of uh, one player, you now have four players on the screen at the same, same time, right? So you need to figure out, okay, so does that mean that we're counting four times the minutes watched? Uh, what happens to like the viewer count? Like if, mm. you know, if, if there's four people streaming together, do we just combine all the viewer counts and add them all up? If, if we do that, then uh, the person who's streaming by himself or herself will feel left, left out because people will be incentivized to just squash stream to appear higher on our discovery services, right? <laughs> so that, that's, that's kind of a challenge. And also trying to optimize the video so people with bad connections or bad computers do not just like, you know, have their video buffering all the, all the time, right? So just trying to figure out what the best experience is. That, that that's the challenge in getting that product to the market. Mm, yeah. I'm trying to think because um because in in China and, and a lot of the Western apps now too, like Live Me and and soon um we'll have it as well, have um like the, the PK or battles, um, you know, where two streamers can stream together. Um and I'm I feel like I'm trying to remember what they do when it comes to the audience as far as like, do they count the, the audience for both of them or do they just count whoever's tuning in from, from this streamer counts towards them and whoever is entering through this streamer's page is, is counting for them. I'm trying to, trying to remember yeah. how they do it, but I guess with squad streaming, you can do up to four. Is it up to four people together? Yeah, up to, up to four. Yes. Right, so that could really be a lot, a, a lot of people um, in the stream. It's a lot different than like four people together is a lot more than 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 just two people together. So yeah, I could yeah. see that being uh, definitely being an issue with um, trying to figure out how they're yeah how they're going to be ranked on the page. Um, yeah, yeah, hmm. we're trying to get there, but it's kind of we we're talking to our streamers and trying to figure out what we should do. So, yeah. Yeah. Um, I'm, I'm, I'm curious, like, because you've, you mentioned a couple of times that, you know, on Twitch that the streamers, um, seem to be very collaborative. Um, why do you, why do you think that is? Um, since, since like you said, maybe it's not the same necessarily on other platforms. What do you think it is about Twitch that, that makes them a little bit less competitive with each other? Um, you know what? I actually don't know the perfect answer to, to that. Um, cause you know, the platform has been around for like 10 years, so <laughs> I haven't been on working there for that long, but I, I do think potentially it could be just like a few of the big streamers early on are very collaborative and it kind of set the, 
set the culture or set the way to kind of um, grow on the platform. So if if you are not very collaborative, if, if you do see everyone else as their competitors, that kind of behavior is generally frowned upon by the community, um, and, and it kind of it kind of discourages that behavior. I think another thing is once you do use these products, once you do use like raids or you do use um, squashing or any kind of organic way people collaborate with, with each other, um, then you do kind of see the benefit. Like you do kind of see if you send your viewers to me, I send my viewers to you, we do grow faster than if I'm just trying to grow by myself, right? So there, there, is, there is definitely like a selfish thing there where like I send my viewers to you and send viewers back to me. But at the end of the day, it, it definitely encourages collaboration. Mm-hmm. And and yeah. you got so I would definitely I I really want to talk about raids because I think this is something that's super unique um, to Twitch and I've seen something I've seen similar things happen organically on um, on on Chinese platforms but there's not as far as I know Chinese platforms don't have a specific feature um, like this so could you explain like what is raids and 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 why was this feature created for twitch <laughs> yeah so um it actually started just based on uh organic behavior we've, we've been seeing so streamers actually invented raids uh all they did was they would paste a link into chat to another channel and then the viewers would click that link uh and then they will all go to another channel they will start spamming uh, emotes and memes <laughs> and try to get a reaction out of the the other streamer right so we, we saw this behavior, and we just wanted to make it easier for people to do. So we built this product that lets people uh, type a raid command, and then everyone can join the raid, and then get sent over, and it creates like an in-stream alert that, you know, Lauren has been raided by Peter for 3,000 viewers, right? And I, I think it's very interesting because uh, the, ti- the, the period of time after you get a raid is kind of like a really magical moment where two communities are coming together, and... Uh, there's a lot of like kind of memes and stuff flying around. This is a very exciting moment. Um, in fact, I think Twitch Twitch uses raids uh, ourselves uh, when when someone makes partnership on Twitch. When someone grows big enough to become a partner, uh, we the staff we raid this channel and <laughs> we say like, "Oh, congratulations, you became partner!" And then people will break out into tears and then they will like you know get super excited and it, it just like spreads the good feeling all, all, all around, right? So, so that's, that's, that's why we did raids. Um, it's, it's a magic moment when you get a raid. It also helps you kind of build community and uh, collaborate with other streamers. And, and um, I mean, there there is some potential for abuse for, for raids, right? You can like uh, all go into another channel and start uh, spreading a lot of hate. Uh, but we've also built some moderation tools to kind of pre- prevent that. And the moderators, are, the moderators that the streamers have play a large role in kind of making sure that the raids are good so mm, so what like what can they do if if that does happen if someone's like comes in and starts saying that is there a way for them to kind of like prevent people from coming in and raiding kind of like turning the raid off or how, how does that work yeah so um there is a way for them to see uh for moderators and the streamer to see the most recent raids and if one of those raids is, is bad or they don't like it, they can just ban that channel. Mm-hmm. <laughs> they will never be able to, you know, raid or chat again, right? So, so yeah, that's, that's one way. Another way to turn raid to um, stop raids while they're happening is to turn on like follower or sub only mode. 
so only people who follow or sub to your channel can can actually chat. You know, mm. uh, there's many different kinds of ways. So far, we haven't seen a, a ton of like malicious raids. Uh, so I, I, I would say like 99% of raids are like very positive and good. Hmm. Yeah. No. Yeah. That I was just that definitely makes me curious because, uh, like I said, I saw or. It, similar to raids something similar to raids organically happening sometimes on chinese platforms um but sometimes they were uh malicious like i had i had a malicious raid type thing happen to me and there was literally other than my administrators trying to kick people out there was literally nothing i could do um and so that's why it made me curious that you know what kind of um steps that could be taken and i think that those two seem effective um that like i think if you know thinking back to my situation if i could have done you know either one of those things that would have made a made a big difference um so uh yeah that's why why i was so curious about about that fact um is there yeah. so i mean i guess raids is really um a tool for for kind of collaboration and helping people build audiences and and um it, it's it's not really like monetizable or anything, right? Like there's not really any kind of component of, you know, I, I mean, I guess people could get more subs out of it possibly. Um, but is the purpose is pretty much just to, uh, I guess, collaborate yeah. with each other. Uh, I would say uh, we've been focused on just kind of growing raids, the product, uh, like adoption. We haven't really thought through how to monetize it but i definitely think that there is an opportunity to monetize uh you know like a simple example might be you know you read another channel uh everyone can not only like follow and sub that other channel but can maybe follow and sub back to you maybe just like a discount in subs or something uh in the moments after the raid uh there's definitely definitely different ways that we can kind of think through to monetize and of, of course these kind of monetization options, you're also going to think about potential abuse, you know, think about the moderation side, right? So mm-hmm. we, ha- we haven't really started uh, working on the monetization side yet, but I think there's definitely a, definitely a lot of potential mm-hmm. to monetize. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Got it. Got it. Yeah, no, I think it's, it's, it's a really cool feature. Um, because and, and I just want to be clear, like usually the raid is like, um, say if I'm a streamer and I want to go stream and, and you're a streamer and I'm going to go raid you, it's typically like at the end of my stream, right? Like at the end of my stream, I'll be like, hey, everybody, I'm ending now. Go pop over and say hi to Peter. Like that's kind of how it would work, right? Because I'm assuming that if I'm uh, like if I'm sending everybody over there and I'm going over there that my I'm not going to be streaming anymore, right? Yeah, so the way we think about it is like uh, squash stream is for you to collaborate with other streamers when you're live. And yeah, raise is for you to kind of collaborate when you're in your stream. So yeah. Yeah. No, because I think that's I think that's kind of a cool a cool tool that like you know, if if you are ending your stream, it's it's um how how much I say that it's like these people aren't going to be watching me any longer anyway, you know, like I'm ending yeah. my stream. Um, I'm going to go do something else. So I might as well drive that, 
huge traffic somewhere else. So, you know, and, 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 and kind of maybe possibly benefit somebody else and, and make their day by sending a whole bunch of people to their stream and boosting their numbers and, you know, giving some life and energy to their stream. So, um, I could see, you know, as a streamer, it's, it's not going to like hurt me in any way to, you know, send all my people over to some other stream if, if I'm going to be logging off anyway. <laughs> Yeah, I think that's exactly right. I think that's exactly the point. And I think as a viewer, you know, yeah, you can just go browse some other stream yourself, but why not join the raid and go get a reaction? <laughs> go 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 shock the other streamer, right? Like that's that's part of the fun. So Mm hmm. Yeah. Mm hmm. And um, I, I, I know that you have because uh, you said at the beginning that you're working on other tools, um, you know, for for streamers and cr to to improve their experience. Um, so um, what are some other things that that you're doing to help them, uh, whether it's with like, I don't know, the analytics, the back end <coughs> uh, leveling? Uh, what, what kind of things are you working on to to help streamers out? Um, so, uh, the way I look at it is like, I think about the journey of the streamer, like when they're just getting started, um, especially on like, you know, Twitch and these other platforms, it's actually a huge, huge pain in the ass. You have to download these like software, you have to configure it. It's like not obvious at, at all how to start streaming. And then once you start streaming, there is like probably like a few weeks to you know months where you're just getting like zero viewer viewers. No, no, no one's watching your stream, right? It's like very discouraging. So how do you um, build products to kind of show the streamer, like motivate them to continue and show them that they're making progress? And then once they have an audience, uh, then the collaboration stuff starts coming to me. Like how do they connect with other streamers? How, how do they share viewers and so on, right? So there's a lot of investment, I would say, on uh, helping people get started streaming and kind of learning the best practices. And the analytics tries to help with, with that, um, tries to, we, we want to show you kind of actionable insights on, uh, you know, what games your viewers like to watch, potentially down the line, like when you should think about streaming, that, that kind of stuff, stuff that you can actually take actions to to figure out how to grow, right? And then there's a whole other team working on helping streamers monetize once they do become big and they, they do have enough viewers to start making more money. So, yeah. Mm. Does um does does Twitch have like different levels as a streamer? Yeah. So that's uh. So there is an achievement system. Um. There are two very basic levels. There's uh, Twitch affiliate, which is uh, when they actually start making money, they can start adding a subscription button to their channel. And then there's Twitch partner, uh, which is um, you know kind of like the yeah the, the partner class at Twitch. They go to all the cool parties and they can all like hang, hang on and stuff. It's kind of <laughs> like sure being a being a top streamer or something. Yes, correct, correct. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and um, you know there's only two levels, so I definitely think that. Uh, because grinding your way to affiliate and grinding your way to partner takes a long, long time. So I definitely think that there is potential to kind of offer more tangible rewards and more stages. We just have to figure out the right way to do it. Mm -hmm. yeah. yeah. I mean, do you, um, could you also share maybe why you think that having these levels, um, why they're important and why they help too. I mean, you kind of mentioned it before when you were talking about um, rating a streamer when they get their partnership, that it's obviously 
a very big deal. Um, but how do you think that having these levels, you know, keeps people streaming longer or gives them motivation? Uh, you know, what, what, what does it do having these, the levels to go after? Yeah. So I think one very important lesson that we learned with achievements is that, um, the levels, just having levels and like stuff unlocking isn't great enough. You need to have like real tangible rewards. Uh, so, so like we build a ton of achievements and the only ones that people really care about are the ones that give them a lot of attractive progress towards either becoming an affiliate or partner. And because those, those two things actually give you real re- rewards, right? Um, so I think there's also like a, uh, there's also like a status and vanity side. Like maybe you can just show off that you have like X number of points and you're like level 99 or something. Uh, I haven't really seen that necessarily take off at Twitch uh, or a lot of desire around that, but there could be something there. But I, I think more importantly is about offering tangible rewards like additional email slots that you can unlock or stuff that actually helps you grow, right? So. Mm. So, um, so along with these, like uh, you said, the first one's affiliate, and then of course there's the partner. Um, so uh, besides besides subscriptions, there's like other things that you unlock when you get to those levels. Um, that obviously really help you with um growing and yeah. monetizing your stream. Is that correct? Yeah. So for example, uh, one thing that people do care about is like these emo slots. So like, you know, you know how in the Chinese um, apps, you can send like sports cards and stuff, right? Mm-hmm. <laughs> but uh, on, on Twitch, each streamer can actually make their own set of emotes, right? Like, like my own branded emotes that my viewers can send in chat. So, you know, if I reach partnership, I un- unlock a few more emote slots that I can add. Uh, it's, it's a huge pain to add these emote slots. You need like a graphics designer to help you make them. But once you do have them, it's kind of like, your unique identity that your viewers think can can both use in your channel and also using other channels, right? Oh, they can use so, them in other channels too. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Are those um are those like virtual gifts? Or are they just um like just emo- <clears throat> like emoji type things? They're, they're just emojis. I mean, uh, that that that's, that's also another reason why uh like people should subscribe to your channel. Like if, if you subscribe, you un- unlock like all the streamers custom emails to use, you know? Ah, okay. Yeah. Got it. Got it. Got it. Okay. That, that's kind of, that's fun though. I like, I like that idea of, um, being able to have your, your own personalized, um, emojis and stuff. That's, that's definitely fun. And I can, I could see, um, getting your followers to go to other streams and, and use those is definitely a good way to then, um, you know, kind of promote your stream too and, and show their loyalty. Um, yeah. uh, do you think, do you think these days it's getting, getting hard to grow an audience on Twitch? Mm, I, I feel like it's just, uh, very hard in general to, to grow. <laughs> I don't know if it's Twitch or just, just on any live stream platform is very hard for you to start from scratch and, and grow. Um, the people who have kind of like had, you know, ex- exponential rise either have like very, very unique personalities or they're just really good at the game or they have someone, they know someone that actually, like they know a big streamer that helps them out, right? Um, otherwise, it's, it's very hard for you to kind of grind your way up. I, I, I think we're trying to uh, change some of the discovery services on Twitch so that uh, it's not just kind of catered towards the big streamers. 
so it's more based on like viewer viewing habits and you know machine learning, and maybe that will help. But right right now, I would say yeah, it's, it's definitely pretty hard to to grow. So yeah, I mean on um in on the Chinese apps, it was um a little bit different because as a streamer, you can start working with some agencies and then they can control some um, kind of like real estate on the main, on the homepage. And, uh, you know, they can, if they think that you're uh, like upcoming talent, they can yeah. kind of help promote you to a, to a spot on the main page. Um, so as a streamer in China, it was like, You'd rather stay independent, but the the agencies had had ways of helping you that could kind of kickstart your um, your career, and so it was kind of worth it to uh, to work with the agencies. But I think, um, yeah, obviously, then it's 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 not as fair, you know. It's like whichever agency has the best relationship with the platform, and you know, and then do the do the people at the agency like you and think that you're good, and so they're gonna they're gonna you know promote you to a good spot on the homepage, and you know, it just does it. starts to get um. There's a lot of like relationships involved, so um, yeah, yeah. So I think it's like everything else in China, right? It's about guanxi. Right? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, <laughs> yeah. Exactly. They 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 find a way find a way to add that kind of relationship element into everything you know um but yeah i mean unfortunately it it is hard to get get started and once you're able to get momentum on any of these platforms then you can really grow but um otherwise do do, do they just like uh do these agencies just like buy a ton of virtual goods or do they actually control the discovery service or they they have an in with the platform um, so there's yeah there's um, some of the agencies that are actually working with the the platform um, will actually have a select number of spots on the oh. homepage um, at at certain oh, okay. times of the day um, and uh, will choose which whichever streamers they want to kind of promote during that time period and, and give you a slot on the homepage um, but. Gotcha. They also they also use virtual gifts as well to kind of you know to to boost um, boost your results and uh, you know boost you up onto the homepage too so they can get more people than than the slots that they have allotted to them because yeah. there's also some there's also some slots that are just um you know open to people who are actually doing well on the platform. So, gotcha, gotcha. Yeah. That makes sense. <laughs> I think in 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 China, uh, people always find are always trying to find a way to game the system. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> um, I mean, which, that, which, they're smart, right? They're yeah. they're entrepreneurs, you know. They they want yeah. So yeah. Well, thank you so much for for uh, coming on the podcast and and sharing your experience. Um, I I mean, I definitely learned a lot about Twitch, and it was it was interesting to to hear you know since you have experience on all these different platforms to, to hear your perspective so thank you so much peter thanks Lauren. i really enjoy our chat there you have it i hope you enjoyed that conversation with peter to get the show notes with peter's contact info and to see other articles and podcasts about the live streaming industry visit themeatgroup.com forward slash blog thanks and talk to you next time 